Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. This is the Hockey Podcast Network. Your home for hockey talk on every team in the NHL. This is the Broadway Boys Podcast through the Hockey Podcast Network, and we are back with Season 3, Episode 35, as Andy is having some technical difficulties, and uh, internet is down, and uh, I'm going to rip a solo. And uh, it's pretty good timing, because there's really not that much to talk about in the New York Rangers world. Testing, testing, one, two, one, two. Oh, I think I got it working. Uh... Hey guys, it's Andy. Yes, I am having internet problems, but I'm here from the future. Well, I guess more accurately, a future after James finished recording an episode by himself, which I feel terribly about, by the way, with these stupid internet issues I'm having in my new apartment. But fear not, I am using the power of technology to hijack James's episode and just insert my two cents when I feel it's needed. But For the most part, it's all him. I'm going to do my best to stay out of the way. And again, you should only hear my voice if I hear something I think I need to expand upon a point he makes, agree or disagree, uh, as you know we do on this podcast. And yeah, but for the most part, I'm going to let James do the heavy lifting. So uh, all right, I'll I'll, I'll fade into the background right now. All right, let's see here. Which button? Button? uh, No, no. Oh, 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 here we go. Oh, see you in a bit. Pretty good timing because there's really not that much to talk about in the New York Rangers world. Obviously, they are on a little bit of a break here as the Olympics are about to to set way over in uh, China. And that's very exciting. If you're a hockey fan, you get a little extra hockey here. And, uh, you know, if you're part of the, uh, you know, part of the fan base that had a team that had uh, missed a lot of games because of COVID, you're probably making those games up as we speak. But the New York Rangers were, you know, uh, very lucky and very fortunate that we were able to play most of our games. And we'll have a couple makeups uh, along the way, but nothing major. Um, I know teams like Ottawa and the Islanders and just, you know, they got to make up all these games. And I don't know where they're going to, you know, I don't know how they're going to, you know, handle such a such a weird situation. schedule break here uh for the rangers and and just you know the rest of the teams whether you're making up games or whether you're not playing at all i just i don't know what the advantage is i I think i'd rather not play have this month off you don't have to travel as much uh in the colder weather you know if you're a northeast team so i think it truly benefits the new york rangers 
you know, first I kind of want to go over what happened around the NHL last night. Uh, a couple big, meaningful games uh, for the Rangers uh, that they weren't involved in, but other teams were. Uh, the first game I want to talk about is the Senators beating the Hurricanes in regulation. Can you believe it? The Hurricanes finally didn't get a point. Uh, they lost four three to the to the Senators, and and that was a huge game. I know the uh, Ottawa Senators were up early in that game, and you know the Hurricanes tried to make a comeback, but they failed to do so. And you know Carolina, with a few games to make up here, uh, you know that's huge for the Rangers. You know we need those regulation losses. Uh, just to keep those, you know, teams at bay and and in striking distance, and you never know. Obviously, with hockey, uh, it, it's such a dynamic sport that you never know what's what's going to happen. And in two weeks' time, you you could be on the top of the standings, and the way this, you know, Eastern Division looks like, you could be a second wild card spot in in the same amount of time. So it'll be interesting to see, uh, you know, how when everything's. E- Everything's evened out in terms of games played. I know Carolina has 44 games played. The New York Rangers have 47. Carolina does have one extra point. So we need those regulations losses. Those are huge. And, uh, you know, big game for Ottawa. I was a huge Ottawa Senator fan last night, and they got it done. Uh, Another big game. Uh, didn't know how to really feel about this one because I just feel like it's inevitable that the Pittsburgh Penguins are going to win a division. They're just unstoppable. I don't see how they don't win the Stanley Cup. And I'm saying that just because, you know, people are like, really, the Penguins, that's your pick to win a Stanley Cup? Yeah, I don't want them to win. So if I pick them to win now, it means that they won't win later because I'll be wrong. And you know what? So be it. I'll, I'll take I'll take that. Uh, I'll take that risk that, you know, saying the Penguins are going to win the Stanley Cup. But seriously, the Penguins might win the Stanley Cup. They're 28, 11 and eight. They just beat the Boston Bruins 4-2. They're a team that, you know, they always have a rough start to the season and then they just get red hot and they're unstoppable. And, you know, the playoffs are a little bit of a different game. You know, they they do have some injuries. You know, Crosby wasn't available every single game. You know, Malkin has been down most of the season. And it's just one of those things where they're next man up. And again, I've said this like so many times, but they kind of remind me of just the Patriots, where it's just no matter who they throw out there, they can be successful. And, you know, obviously that team is is realizing that, you know, they have just as good a chance as anybody else. I know you know, especially this podcast too, you know, we've, we kind of praised the Carolina Hurricanes and the Tampa Bay Lightnings and, you know, the Florida Panthers. But honestly, it's, it's one of those things where it's a sin to not talk about the Pittsburgh Penguins and what they've been able to do over the, you know, the, uh, you know, after that first like 10 game span where I feel like they got all their shit losing out of the way. And now they're just on an unstoppable uh, you know, wave here. And they're just six, three and one in their last 10. They just had a great win against Boston, kind of hoping that Boston would beat them. But, you know, Boston, again, is one of those teams where they're going to end up being in the wild card. And, you know, if if they get hot in the playoffs, I know they have goalie problems, but if they if they find a way to get hot in the playoffs, they're a tough first round. You know, they're a team that would not want to play in the first round. So, uh, yeah, they're right now penciled in as a wild card, 44 games played with 55 points. Uh, you know, they can certainly do damage once they make up some of the games, but you know, they, they fell to the Pittsburgh Penguins and, uh, Pittsburgh Penguins now have 47 games played just like the New York Rangers. 
and they have 64 points, just like the New York Rangers. So all the praise I give the Pittsburgh Penguins, you know, you kind of have to do the same with the New York Rangers. It's pretty, pretty amazing. Here we are, you know, 47 games into the season and we're tied with the Pittsburgh Penguins with 64 points for the second and third spots in the Metro. So, um, you know, every Ranger fan is going to have their eyes on, you know, the Pittsburgh games, the Washington games and, and, you know, just seeing what the results are. It's kind of, you know, fun towards the end of the season to, to see who's going to help you and who's not. And, you know, Ottawa was able to help us and, and, you know, Boston obviously wasn't. Just want to jump in here and piggyback off of James's coverage of the Bruins and the Pens last night. Uh, I think we should definitely talk about the situation with Brad Marchand and Tristan Jari. Um, if you haven't seen it, basically throughout the game, tensions were brewing between both teams. Earlier in the game, Jari goes behind his net to try to flip a puck up to a fan in the stands when out of nowhere, Marshawn comes around and just uh, with his stick knocks the puck off of Jari's stick, almost as if to say, no, you can't. Uh, these are <laughs> these are our fans. These are Bruin fans. And uh, yeah, the only one who's going to make them happy and give them delights is me. Uh, so, which was funny. I thought I chuckled at it. it was a little gamesmanship. No one got hurt, but it was, it was kind of funny. And then at one point, and not many, too many people are talking about this, but I think you see Jari takes a swing at like Brandon Carlo's midsection. I I must have missed it, but everyone was saying it happened. And then I saw the gif of it. I just don't remember when it happened during the game. Uh, and then at the end of the game, as the Bruins fail to, after blowing a two-goal lead and failing to get the game-tying goal within the dying seconds of the third, there's a kind of a scrum in front of the net, and all of a sudden, Marshan just goes after Jari uh, with his kind of rabbit punches him in the back of the side of the head when he's not looking with his glove. And then as the ref is, there's a big scrum ensues, obviously. Everyone's wrestling everybody. And as he's getting led away from the linesman, he takes his stick and kind of he swings it at Jari's face. I think he kind of connects with this blade and the mask a little bit. It wasn't too hard, but uh, you definitely swing a stick at a player's face, even if it's a goaltender with the mask on, is obviously a huge no-no. And to no surprise, you know, he gets ejected from the game, you know, it's the end of the game, uh, game misconduct technically. So you knew he was going to be hearing from the league after those antics. And Lo and behold, he today, they say he was offered an in-person hearing. So, you know, uh, yeah, he's most likely going to get sussed a game or or probably maybe more even because he has been, I think he was suspended once earlier in the season uh, for something. And listen, Brad Marchand is a player, obviously, everyone hates to play against but would love to have on their team. But this is... You know, he's been good at kind of reining it in the last few years and seasons, but I mean, we can, the licking Ryan Callahan in the face is a fresh memory for most of us. And yeah, unfortunately, when you have a player who plays on the line like Marshan does, this is the stuff that happens a lot. And obviously, you would love it if they could just do the stuff that gets under the other team's skin without it being either A, dangerous, which I think this was, or irresponsible, B, which I also think this was. You know, Marshan has a history of, you know, low-bridging guys and other things, and he's clearly an emotional cat, and he just, uh, yeah, he does stupid things, which is, you know, regrettable because he's a fantastic hockey player. He definitely doesn't have to do those things. Maybe you can argue that 
that mindset gives is what drives him to be such an effective hockey player because not only is he beating you on the you know on the uh in the in the, the game uh you know the game sheet with his stats he's also winning the mental warfare aspect of it with his uh shenanigans and chicanery so uh yeah but obviously he's gonna get dinged here as he much and he deserves to he was stupid that was a stupid thing to do and uh yeah but again you know jari i think at one it's not that he's exactly blameless maybe obviously you don't two right you know two wrongs don't make a right but he apparently he does take a swing at one point at carlo's midsection with his uh, goalie stick which is also a no-no which kind of got missed so but uh yeah i mean obviously martian's actions kind of overshadow all that and he will most likely be uh, suspended for at least a game so we'll see as that news comes out uh later in this week so and yeah back back to james he's he's doing great i'm enjoying listening to it just as much as the rest of you so uh let's see oh the blue jackets beat the freaking capitals in, in regulation capitals man i feel like they're spiraling out of control and i love it i love every minute of it four six and ten or uh, four and six zero in their last 10 they've lost two in a row uh this team's kind of falling apart here uh 48 games played only 59 points uh you know they're obviously going to be a shoo-in for a wild card spot uh worst case scenario i mean trust me this team can get red hot and uh certainly crack the top three in the metro but it is interesting to see you know an older team like washington who we we all knew would eventually fall and Ovechkin was carrying them and they had some, you know, you know, uh, you know, they had some, you know, decent momentum at the start of the season, but now it just feels like, you know, they're walking in mud and uh, you know, it's good for the New York Rangers. Obviously I think, I don't know what I would do. I mean, you're screwed either way. You either play Pittsburgh or Carolina in the first round, or you drop to a wild card and you have to play either Florida, Carolina or Pittsburgh. So uh, you know, it's very interesting to see, you know, how everything shakes out in the East. But uh, again, another game that means a lot. And the Blue Jackets were able to win, thankfully, in regulation. So the Washington Capitals get zero points and they play one more game than the Rangers and have only 59 points. The uh, New Jersey Devils put a spanking on the Montreal Canadiens, so much so that the Montreal Canadiens fired their coach and hired an ex-Ranger, Martin St. Louis, who I think is a you know good hire for them. I think Mar- Montreal is so far gone this season that they kind of needed to shake things up in a fun way. And you know what's more fun than bringing in a guy who clearly had interest in being a coach in the NHL? Uh, you know, even Andy has mentioned that you know he probably should have been you know, started in the AHL or just kind of earned his merit. But listen, he speaks French, French Canadian. He is a legend, uh, you know, especially for my generation. I mean, just his play in Tampa Bay and what he was able to accomplish down there and just being an absolute warrior and winning a cup with them and then even getting traded to the New York Rangers and just some of the emotional moments that Marty St. Louis was able to bring just to the New York Rangers and the fan base, you know, scoring, you know, the, the goal, big goal on Mother's Day uh, with his mom passing away. And, you know, it was just uh, such a memorable moment. And the guy's just a gamer. He's a warrior. And I think he'll be a good fit for this struggling 
uh, Montreal Canadian team. And you look at that team and what they're composed of. They're really not that bad. They have key pieces there. I just think they traded away a lot of the assets or a lot of the assets, I should say, kind of left uh, the Montreal Canadiens. And, you know, it, it's tough to... First off, you had a COVID season where you played in an all-Canadian division and and you, you I'm not trying, lost for words. You try to bounce back from a failure of not winning the Stanley Cup and being in the finals, but it, it, it never felt real to me. And I felt like the Canadians and the organization always felt that they were better than they actually are. And, you know, Carey Price was an absolute beast to get them where they were very Hank-esque, as in Henrik Lundqvist-esque, to carry that team to the Stanley Cup final. And they fell short, and they had a lot of key pieces. I mean, you know, uh, I know, um, I, I know, you know, the Rangers certainly, you know, were a team that missed the playoffs, right? But you knew, knew what they needed, right? They needed to get tougher. They needed to get grittier. It's like, what did the Canadians actually need, right? Like, what... What were people saying when they said, all right, this will put the Canadians over the hump? Nobody was saying really anything. It was just praising Carey Price. Um, you know, they got some good play out of, you know, a lot of their role players. Uh, guys absolutely slip in my mind. Philip Deneau, a uh, huge center, goes out to L.A. And, you know, you know, you miss those type of players. And you miss those guys that, you know, that kind of contribute to things that are just not always on the score sheet. And, you know, the, you know, Cole Caulfield now is coming in and, you know, he's struggling now along with the rest of the team. I mean, no one really gets points. You have, you know, Suzuki who's trying, you have Anderson who's trying, you know, Gallagher is a guy that I've always kind of wish I had on the New York Rangers, just a tough guy who's always going to give it your all. But, you know, they brought into Foley. He's kind of failure. Hoffman, I mean, say what you want, you know, these are like secondary pieces that you should build around a core. I feel like they don't really have that core. You know, Suzuki, Anderson, I I mean, I don't like really, who do they have? Like, why were they letting these pieces go when they clearly needed them to be successful? And, you know, it's just, I don't know. it, It just amazes me that they got to the final and. You know, I know they were carried by Price, but still, just I, the team stinks. They flat out stink, and uh, so it'll be interesting to see how they respond to the hiring. Uh, you know, I think Marty St. Louis kind of brings a, a breath of fresh air in that locker room, right? It's a it's a new start. It's a a guy who a lot of these people are familiar with. A lot of these players are familiar with. Uh, you know, he he gains their respect right away. He's a guy that's gonna, you know, expect expect them to never quit and to never, you know, back down from a challenge. And you know, he's a guy that the odds have always been stacked against. Marty Saint Louis being one of the shorter players in the NHL, and you know, was able to dominate. And you know, just you know, his work ethic off the ice too, you know, is just so apparent to his success and. You know, it, it'll be interesting to see if it carries over to the Montreal Canadiens. I mean, I, I don't personally, I don't think they have the roster to do anything special, but they have some key pieces. And if you bring in a coach that understands this and understands that this is going to be a process to kind of turn this team into a different direction, 
then, you know, maybe Marty St. Louis is going to be willing to ride this out, knowing that, listen, I'm a new coach. I'm going to be learning along the way. I'm willing to lose and kind of suck and be a part of this process. Just, you know, stick with, you know, stick with me. I'm a familiar face. Uh, You know, a lot of the younger kids are going to, you know, kind of have that respect for me as a a legend of the NHL. And, you know, let's let's see what I can bring. So I I think it's a really good hire. I think it's smart. Uh, I think it's exactly what the Canadians need, because I mean, I, I was listening to the game on the radio last night and, you know, there were a couple of points where I could not believe the Devils were putting up, you know, some of the numbers that they were. It was, uh, you know, it was two nothing Devils after one. I mean, and then the second period was a shit show. Just, uh, you know, I felt like every single shot went in and then the Devils were able to uh, score two and third to really polish them off. And it's just, it's really embarrassing. And, you know, I know, Canadians are getting called out for, you know, kind of losing interest and checking out. And I get it, man. It's, it's, it's tough. You, you go from the highest of highs of going to a Stanley cup final and then the, you know, really the lowest of lows. I mean, you're pathetic. You're eight and 30 and seven and 45 games played in the NHL. That it's the worst in the East. And let's see. Yeah, it's the worst in the entire NHL. You're the worst team. You went to the Stanley Cup Finals being the worst team in the NHL. It's just, it's pathetic. The whole thing is pathetic. And I kind of love it because I never really believed in the Montreal Canadiens. I think um, they're way too cocky. They got lucky that they played in a, a division that kind of stunk and no one played defense. And y- you bet you beat really nobody to get to the Stanley Cup Final. You had one fluky win against, who they played, the Vegas Golden Knights? who, you know, weren't the real Vegas Golden Knights of a couple of years ago. You know, they kind of, you know, uh, had a shit series and faced a hot goalie. And, you know, you know my analysis of, of Montreal's road to the Stanley Cup Finals, hilarious, just bashing everybody um, all the way up there. But we all knew it was inevitable. The Islanders and Tampa Bay Lightning, the winner of that was going to win the Stanley Cup. No one thought any differently. Uh, so, yeah. Yep, James, you were right. Uh, total embarrassment for the Montreal Canadiens, and you had to figure after a performance like that against one of the worst teams in the NHL, uh, other than yourselves, obviously. Uh, the New Jersey Devils coming off of a seven-game losing streak. For them to beat you 7-1, to you knew they, they were going to have to respond. And rightly or wrongly, as James touched upon, even though they went to the Stanley Cup final last year, you could tell they were kind of had that team of destiny where they probably shouldn't have been in this position they were in or, you know, or I, I, you know what? I don't want to say that. I don't think that's fair because they definitely their role players played very well. Their their centers, uh, most of which, you know, the good, their, their, their best horses they lost in the offseason, Shea Weber to retire. Uh, I guess you could say injury slash retirement, uh, allegedly. And just moving on from Dano and... Corey Perry and just some of the more important role players on that team. And obviously Carey Price uh, taking stepping away this season um, to be, uh, I think, you know, for his own personal reasons and, and personal treatment. Uh, yeah, it was just a, obviously it was a team that seemed to be in a, had lucked themselves and ridden some hot goaltending into a favorable spot uh, to make it all the way to the, Cup final, and although obviously their their role players execute to perfection, uh, even though they weren't probably one, they weren't thought 
that they were going to ever be in that position uh, at the beginning of last season. But again, I, and I guess, you know, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention the Rangers are uh, scarily on a similar trajectory potentially, but let's not talk about that. We're talking about the Canadians right now, but um, yeah. So obviously is it really, is it Dominic Ducharme's fault that this season went the way it has? Not, not really. I mean, they don't ha- like James has said, yes, they have nice younger pieces, but Caulfield, who looked great um, in the playoffs last year and going into them, uh, once the talent around him is deteriorated, he's had a very tough season for. And it's listen, it's a tough league to play in. He's an undersized guy. He's a natural goal scorer. If there's no one there to get him the puck, he's not strong enough yet to make his own shot or create his own shot or get to those areas. And it's been a tough go for him. Um, and you know they still have players like Suzuki, obviously, and uh, Josh Anderson, but and get Brennan Gallagher, but it just that's clearly not enough when you're competing with teams that have, uh, you know, big four. They, you know, they still, you can, whatever you want to say about Petri, uh, Jeff uh, Petri or Petri, however you want to say it. Um, they, yeah, they just, they, they lack marquee talent. They don't have a Crosby. They don't have a McKinnon. They don't have a McDavid. They don't have a, I would, a Zabanajad. They don't have a, a Kreider level player, uh, at least the way he's going this season. So it's just, yeah, they just don't have the horses. They lost most of them uh, to unfortunate circumstance and contracts. And so, yeah, but now former Rangers uh, GM Jeff Gorton is at the helm and appoints a familiar face Martin San Louis as the interim head coach. And you know what? Why not? If you're going to fire a guy, I mean, you could tell that Marty was always going to get into coaching. He has as a he was kind of had a player coach thing going on in his final seasons in New York, always teaching guys on the bench and showing things. And he has coached his sons. Uh, you know, he's got three sons. I think he's coached all of them at different levels in uh, Connecticut, where I believe they reside. You know, just going through the ranks of playing youth hockey. Um, so he's yeah, he clearly has experience, and he's one of those guys like a Derek Stefan, where you say, oh, he's clearly going to become a coach one day. So. Uh, but like I, James had mentioned, I told him off the air, I'm like, this seems like, you know, you, you may be coaching the USHL first or college or get an apprenticeship, at least a level higher than, you know, minor midget or whatever, triple A, whatever he was coaching his sons at before he moved on. Uh, but this is, this is the NHL. This is totally different, but I, I'm not, if there's, honestly, if there's any player who I think, or former player who could be thrown at that position, as much as the NHL is kind of a you know, an old boys club and a nepotism league and just kind of throwing maybe people in positions that they maybe haven't earned in favor of some other more deserving candidates. Uh, I think if anyone can at least swim being thrown to the deep end, it's Marty. And I, I don't think, I guess, you know, if they're, they continue to be bad, it's for not his fault, much like I don't think it's Dominic Ducharme's fault. But if somehow they start playing even respectably a little bit better, uh, oh man, you know, that'll be a hell of a, the hell of the feather in his cap, at least, and help him nail down that coaching role full time, not just as an interim tag as the remainder for the season. Uh, obviously, Dominic Ducharme being extended after a smaller sample size, you obviously have to be careful that you don't run to a, a similar circumstance with Marty. But uh, yeah, I mean, listen, I you, th- you know, obviously the media will will love him based on his player status, uh, uh, as I. Recording this, I'm reading a report that Vinny LeCavalier might be joining the organization as an assistant GM role. So Marty and Vinny would be reunited once again in Mon- in Montreal. Imagine that. So uh, 
yeah, I mean, the NHL is a funny league, and when stuff like this happens, you just got to shake your head and kind of chuckle and just be like, of course. But again, uh, if there's anyone who I think could surprise and actually rise to the occasion, it, it might be him. So yeah, good on him. Um, we'll get back to James, but before we do that, we're going to sh- throw it to me because I have a word on behalf of our sponsors. The moment we've been waiting for since September is finally here. In honor of the big game, DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of Super Bowl 56, is giving new customers 56 to 1 odds on either team. Bet just $5 and get 280 in free bets if your team wins. DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in New York, meaning you can bet from almost a third of the country. If Sportsbook isn't in your state yet, play DraftKings Daily Fantasy Football Contest for Super Bowl 56 where new customers can get a free shot at $1 million top prize with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app, use promo code THPN, and get 56 to 1 odds on either team. Bet just $5 and get 280 in free bets if your team wins. That's promo code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of Super Bowl 56. 21 plus minimum age and location requirements vary by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for full list of requirements and state-specific responsible gaming resources. Void were prohibited. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. In Tennessee, you can call or text TN Redline at 1-800-889-9789. In Connecticut, call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat. In New York, call 877 8 Hope, New York. All right, let's talk a little. Let's talk a little Olympic hockey. I mean, it's pretty exciting that Olympic hockey is right around the corner. I think personally, because the NHL didn't send their players, I am a lot less interested in the men's. Um, the women's, I would be interested in a lot more. I am interested in just seeing the results, and I love that they just you know can pummel people into smithereens the canadian team and the u.s team but you know everyone knows that this is lining up to be part two hopefully part two of usa versus canada in the gold i don't even know if the divisions line up where they could ultimately play in the gold medal game i'm pretty sure it does but yeah the united states and canada need to play each other in the gold medal game excuse me i'm burping a little bit the women's game from four years ago, was, honest to God, one of the most exciting games I've ever seen, ever, period. It was unbelievable. It was one of the sporting matches I've ever seen, period. It was so fun to watch. It was so nerve-wracking. And just watching them absolutely battle for the gold medal was just an unbelievable moment, an unbelievable game. And, you know we as hockey fans deserve a second crack at it. You know, the, you know, the U S Canada rivalry in women's hockey is, is certainly unparalleled in the women's, you know, hockey world. So, you know, again, I I really truly want to see uh, a rematch of that game. Uh, I am curious to also see how like the Swedish and uh, I know like Denmark has a team. Uh, Let's see who else is on there. You know, you know, obviously the Finland has a team, but I am 
curious to see how these secondary teams, because I will put USA and Canada in a upper bracket in a league all their own. I am curious to see how like the Swedes and, and the, you know, the Finns do in the women's hockey world at the Olympic stage. You know, it, it'll be pretty interesting to see. I know China has had a women's hockey team uh, in the past. Uh, I don't know if they're there every Olympics. I couldn't even tell you that. I don't know if they're there just for the host country, but I actually kind of remind, or, you know, remember China, China's women's hockey team being pretty decent. I don't, I, I don't know if that's just one of those Mandela effects where I'm just making that shit up, but um, I do remember uh, them playing in the past. But um, yeah, the women's preliminary rounds, I think, are right now. I'm not actually quite sure. Uh, yeah, the preliminary round, yeah, Group B, uh, and women's. Oh no, that's not Canada. That's China and Japan. All right, I don't really know. Honestly, this is a tough schedule to even look at. They got the men's and women's mixed. Uh, men's, I know, don't really start for another day. I know they have a men's preliminary game. They have the Swiss playing, uh, ROC and the Czechs and Denmark playing also tonight. So this is probably the worst podcast uh, in the entire world. But you know, I I am curious to see how you the U.S kind of handles themselves obviously no nhlers on the team uh china has like eight americans on the team i don't know how that's even legal um i know a bu product brandon yip who uh also works with torch pro and company 39 and you know he has been playing professional hockey in china trying to help grow the game uh honestly i'm rooting for him uh, just to have a really good Olympics and hopefully he can make noise. Uh, you know, I think what he's been able to do out there is, is, you know, pretty selfless, you know, here, here's a kid that, you know, uh, you know, takes his, you know, heritage and pride very serious and, and just, you know, wants to be one of those kids that grows the game around the world and not just, you know, come here and ride out playing in the East coast league or AHL, you know, he, he was a great player at BU and you know, just watching the interviews and what he's able to accomplish uh, with growing the game and just, you know, it's it's pretty remarkable. So, you know, everyone should be, you know, following him and, and uh, you know, China. I think uh, Chris Chelios' son is on there. So it'll be interesting. I don't know how that's like legal or anything or how they got, you know, a Chinese citizenship. But, uh, you know, obviously they're they're doing it to help grow the game. I, I Truthfully, I don't think it's even that big of a deal because, Without NHLers at the Olympics, for all I care, this is like a world gathering of hockey. That's what you really kind of want to call it. It's not really the Olympics. It's not the best players that play the sport. So uh, that's my take on that. And, you know, Canada, I don't know what Canada is going to be like without NHLers. I'm sure they can put together some decent team. But I feel like Russia has to have it in the bag, right? Are they even Russia? I don't. I, honest to God, I don't even know if they're Rus- Russia. Or they? No, that's the ROC. That's the Russian Olympic Committee. I don't even know what the hell this stands for. That's what Russia is, I think. ROC. I honestly don't know. I haven't really been paying that much attention. All I know is that the U.S. women's lost to the you know the Canadians four two. So uh, that's what I have about that. Uh, is there anything else that I wanted to talk about? I believe that there was, and this is, you know, bot, bad podcasting. Uh, oh, Tuka Rask 
retires from the NHL after 15 seasons with the Bruins. I, I saw that he went out. He had surgery right on his hip. He leaves, signs a contract, gives up five goals, and then it's just, you know what? I'm done. I, I, I honest to God, I don't even know what to think of uh, when I hear that. It's just, didn't you know you weren't ready to play? Like, you get off hip surgery, you play one game, you give up five goals, and, you know, and that's that. Like, honestly, does he even get to keep his salary? Like, does he get to keep his contract? I feel like that's like should be null and void. You don't just get to sign a contract, come back from injury, and then call it quits after one game when you give up five goals. I just feel like that's an like absolute insane, insane move. And uh, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I don't know how. Like again, like he gets away with just. I mean, obviously, if he's hurt, he's hurt. But you can't just sign a contract for the year play one game and just be like nah i'm hurt like that's you know that's that's that uh craig berube uh signs a three-year contract to remain as the blues coach i feel like he's been absolute solid there uh the blues are one of those teams where they're just you know going through the motions in my eyes just to make the playoffs even though you know they're sitting in a wild card but they're one of those teams where you just know that they're going to get it done, right? They're like the New Jersey Nets of, uh, actually, maybe not quite the Nets, but you know, you know, a team that's like the last ten in a row. They're going to make the playoffs. You know, I believe in St. Louis. They, they just they're too deep. Bucinevich is on there. He's having a good season, so it is what it is. Uh, let's see. Let's go down. The, let's just go down the news. We'll talk about, um, you know, here we go. Penguins priorities. Are they going to be buyers? Probably. Will they get better? Absolutely. Um, and look, this is so typical. Marshawn to have NHL player safety hearing for actions in Bruins game. Um, the, for the, I guess, roughing and high sticking the Penguins goalie. Again, it's just the scumbag being scumbags. Typical NHL. And uh, could this be the least read article on NHL news? Pluses, minuses for Predator, Stars, Islanders, Canucks. Who in their right mind? This is Kevin Weeks. Kevin, I love you. I think you're great. I think you're, you know, I, I love everything you have to do. You're obviously the face of the NHL and, and, you know, in terms of, you know, the media. You might have written the least read article of all time. Pluses, minuses for Predator Stars, Islanders, Canucks. There's about 14 people, I think, that read that article. and. um yeah, just uh, ridiculous. We're we're done with the news. All right. Um, I don't know. I don't have much. All I know is that the New York Rangers don't play till next Tuesday. So if you're listening to this podcast, being like you, you James, you talked about absolute nothing. Well, you know what? I wasn't prepared going in. I thought I was going to have Andy to kind of bounce ideas and stuff off of with the Olympics and just you know hockey in general. I don't have that. Um, you know, I'm freezing every day at work. And, you know, all I want is New York Rangers hockey, and I'm not going to get that until next Tuesday. So, um, you know, it's one of those things where you just got to grind and get through it. Um, The Rangers will be back soon. Uh, They play next Tuesday. Tomorrow's Thursday. You got the Super Bowl on Sunday to kind of help get you to that point. You got baseball 
I think was it Mansford or Mansfield, whatever the guy's name is, their commissioner just stepped down. They're probably not going to have a season. You know, just be thankful hockey's going along here. And Tuesday, you'll have New York Rangers hockey. Otherwise, enjoy the Super Bowl. Uh, you know, we'll be back for that. Uh, actually, no, yeah, we'll we'll record, I think, before the Super Bowl. So maybe I'll get Andy's Super Bowl prediction. But yeah, no, that's all I got for you. I hope everyone is having a, you know, a warm February, much warmer than than it is here in the Northeast. So, um, all right. Yeah, I'm done rambling. All right. Take care. Have a good one. Goodbye. And let's go Rangers. Let's go Rangers indeed, James. That was a fun podcast. Uh, I didn't like not being able to communicate with my co-host James kind of feeling like Patrick Swayze and ghosts just just uh, hovering around and uh, only being able to listen and voice my opinions without him being able to hear me. But uh, yeah, unfortunately, our next episode drops on Monday. So James and I weren't able to share our Super Bowl predictions with each other. But, you know, I'll just share it with all of you. Uh, obviously, common sense says the Rams probably take it. But you know what? I'm going with my heart on this one. I think uh, Joe B and the boys take it. I think the Bengals, it's going to be tight. I know that. But I don't know, man. I just think the Bengals can uh, withstand uh, the Rams' pass rushing. And, yeah, I just, I know they haven't done the greatest job protecting uh, Burrow all year, but... Uh, yeah, I just the second we all saw him that picture with the in the post uh, post game conference with the shades and that was it. He's cool as the other side of the pillow. So, uh, like I said, I think it's going to be tight. So, uh, probably do a final score. Um, fuck it. I'm gonna say it's going to be close. I'm gonna say uh, Bengals twenty eight, Rams twenty four. Let's go with that. I'm sure if James was here right now, he would be telling me I'm nuts. But uh, yeah, just you know what? Sometimes you gotta you gotta go. Well, although this is probably not smart uh, if there's actual money on the line, but I have not put any money in the Super Bowl this year, so I'm I'm more than comfortable uh, betting with my heart over my head. So, yep, uh, you heard it here first. Bengals take it. So. Hope everyone enjoys uh, the Super Bowl this weekend. And like James said, just cannot. Hopefully, it fills a little bit of the void left in our hearts by the absence of New York Rangers hockey. And yeah, hopefully, they, after when they come back, they're not uh, rusty because we've seen teams just coming out from the All Star game uh, looking all, all sorts of out of whack and, you know, just uh, rusty. So, as James said before, I'll leave you with this um, let's go, Rangers. All right, where's that button? Oh, oh, there we go. Enjoy the Super Bowl, folks. See you next time. Thank you for listening to the Broadway Boys Podcast. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Broadway Boys Pod, and please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, or the HockeyPodcastNetwork.com. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network on Twitter at HockeyPodNet. New episodes every Monday and Thursday. Download at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from.